You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. Welcome to The Uprising one more time. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were done. I know. (laughs) I did too. (laughs) I think since this is the last one and we're going to be transitioning back into the the normal format, we'll scratch an itch this week. And I'm going to say that uh, this week we are scratching the itch for an epilogue. So... (laughs) You heard the build up to upheaval. You heard all the interviews. You heard our recap last week. And if you hadn't, you should. It's just pretty entertaining. I was just listening back to it before this recording. And, uh, <laughs> I have to admit, I mean, I am biased, but we're really good storytellers. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> You're just putting it out there like that. Just, <laughs> just patting, patting his, his whole back right now with that hand. That's right. <laughs> but nonetheless, we, we decided that, you know, after giving our take on what this experience was like, we had the opportunity to get the experience from the perspective of a band that performed at Upheaval. And so we're closing this series out with a conversation with In Our Wake from Detroit. Yeah. And I absolutely love getting multiple members of a band on the show because you get to see that band chemistry. Um, and we were able to do that and and, and kind of also see some of the members who you maybe wouldn't expect to, like, I don't know, come out of their shell, maybe. I mean, I don't know them personally. It just maybe seems like they were kind of, uh, you know, a little bit quiet sometimes. But <laughs> it was awesome seeing that band dynamic. And, and, and I love being in the middle of that. And so it was it was just really exciting to to have all of them on the show at once. Most of them. We were we were <laughs> short a couple. Short a couple. But we did. We did, however, set a record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll have to find out what kind of a record that is, though. <laughs> and we also had a first time visitor yeah yeah it's it's a very interesting conversation these guys are a lot of fun and we could kind of tell that they were going to be just from the way that they were speaking about the festival and just from the way that we were interacting as we set up this conversation yeah i was like these guys like they're new to me but i was like i i immediately like them they're cool and so even before the interview and then definitely more so afterwards so we had a good time and it's really neat to get to hear what this was like from the artist side of things after we spent so much time talking about what it's like from the, the press side, I guess, if you want to call it. Yeah. And it, anytime you're talking to a band that, that has six members in it, it, uh, it just kind of puts a different perspective on things. Cause that's like so hard to get everybody on the same page a lot of the time in, in that case. But, uh, these guys seem to have a good handle on it. Yeah, and to be like amicable and and kind of still seeming like they enjoy each other's company, like <laughs> after all this time and you know for six people to get along for that long, it's it's awesome. And I, it, I that's why I said I I loved seeing that that type of chemistry. Yeah. Let's talk to these guys again after they've done like a nationwide tour or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like how y'all feeling about each other? There's a lot right. of you, and you just spent two months in a in a van or a bus together or something. Yeah. <laughs> are y'all still in the group is it what are we doing <laughs> yeah. i mean we definitely wish them the best it, it was this was a fun conversation um and they have a lot of exciting things coming up for them and yeah I, that we wouldn't have them on, on the show obviously if we didn't want them to succeed that's for sure it's kind of one of our mottos yeah i, yeah. I was actually thinking about this the other day i was actually using this line the other day when i was making a pitch to get a little behind the scenes was that one of the things that we really like to do is champion good people who are making good music exactly yeah Mm -hmm. and we even get to do a little bit of a throwback in this conversation uh if you have listened to us since the podcast started 
uh, in May of 2020. And bless you if you have, because that's a long time. Um, <laughs> you'll know that especially in that first year, one of our conversations was just about how the pandemic was affecting artists and musicians in the whole industry. And these guys have a very, in my opinion, fascinating story of exactly how the pandemic impacted them as a band. And for the better in, in a lot of respects. Seems like it. So without any further ado, here's our conversation with some Alex's, Steve's, and a Cody, otherwise known as In Our Wake. We are here with the guys from In Our Wake, and first off, welcome, fellas. Uh, since we have four-plus members of the <laughs> band here today, uh, I thought we could start if you guys could introduce yourselves and your roles in the band individually so that listeners can kind of keep up with who's speaking throughout the conversation. So I'll let you tackle that. Yeah. Uh, how do we know not to speak over anyone? That's a great <laughs> question. We should do uh, Stephen Osip. Cody, me. I, that's go. the order. I'm just going to lay it out right now. <laughs> okay, okay. There you go. That's laying down the law. <laughs> All right, let's do it. I'm Steven from In Our Wake, lead vocalist. I'm Alex, guitar player and backing vocalist. Uh, I'm Cody. I play bass and I guess do some minor backing vocals. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm Alex, play synth. All right. Perfect. I'll go ahead and get us started then. So, Black Note Graffiti was supposed to be the last band interview for our Upheaval series, but the festival left such an impression on us and others that we decided to have one more band conversation. And the other thing is, too, is that this band made quite the impression on us by probably having the quickest turnaround response to our interview pitch that we've ever had. <laughs> and so speaking from the media side of things, given how it can be weeks to hear back from any artist, uh, if they even respond at all, we really appreciate your swiftness. So, uh, Thank you very much for joining us, by the way. We're joined by NR Wake, who opened the lookout stage at the top of the hill on day one of Upheaval. And after the festival, you guys were discussing on your socials and even in the Uprighters Facebook group how taken back you were that so many people came to the festival early, marched up the hill to see your set. So we kind of love to hear your story about what that experience meant for you guys. Yeah. I mean, Steve, do you want to jump in or? Yeah. I mean, it was, if you were to ask if like a year ago when we were getting started we didn't have a full lineup in may we we're missing cody and alex on piano and so it was just we we're booking as many shows as we could and to get this opportunity in the first place was just it was amazing and we've been looking forward to it like it's been like christmas every day for six months trying to prepare for this and just and then to see everyone that made it up the hill talking to some of the staff they said it was one of the bigger crowds they've seen up at the top of the hill for the first bands and everyone that i probably had friends from from Texas, Carolinas, Oregon, Ohio. We had people from all over the country coming out to support us. It really just was like a dream come true the whole weekend. So it was amazing. And yeah, and then seeing that people reaching out on Facebook too and posting pictures is just, you can only dream of a response like that. So it felt really good to be out there. I'm a newer member in the band. Uh, as Stephen mentioned, Cody and I are the two newest members. I originally grew up in Detroit around Stephen. I knew Stephen from high school, but I've moved to the west side for college and I've stayed over here. So, you know, last year I lived in Kentwood, Michigan. So I lived maybe 15, 20 minutes from the venue. So when I heard that you're we getting the chance to play upheaval, <laughs> it's like super special. It's like in my backyard. You know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. So. I mean, for us, it's like it's one of the first bigger gigs on the west side of the state. I think it kind of opens up a new side of the state that we can look at because we're independent, right? But I think at the same time, like 
we opened the lookout stage. We drew a pretty big crowd. You know, there were a ton more people at upheaval than I think anyone expected. And even with opening up that giant hill 30 minutes after doors open, you know, most festivals are closer to an hour, right? There's usually a bigger group of people in there. You know, I think it shows that we can pull a crowd on the west side. Um, And so we're all pumped to start, you know, booking more venues out here and start expanding our footprint beyond just Detroit. And, you know, I hope we're we're putting our best foot forward. You know, I think the uh, security was amazing. We met some amazing Uncle Lee. He was DMing us. We we have a security guy. His name is Lee. And he's he's deemed Uncle Lee now because he's so nice. I might run into him (laughs) at the Kalamazoo Rip Fest next weekend. It's very possible. We're chatting about making plans. So. You know, we just try to show up and be professional and be as kind as we can to the venues because it's not easy on anyone to, to pull this off. And, you know, I, we just want to be that band that can pull a reliable crowd and, you know, not be a, a thorn in anyone's side. You know, so I think we've done that at Upheaval and it was a great chance to do that. And the lookout stage was awesome. I can't believe to say as an independent band, we shared a stage with Flyleaf and Suicide Silence and hoping to build off that. Yeah. Piggybacking off of what you said with the security at Upheaval so amazing like i had no idea what to expect and they were the nicest people everywhere i'm crippled for the time being so like that hill was that was gonna be brutal on me i hiked it once but they they made sure we had carts there the water everything they were awesome so i just want to say thank you to everyone anyone listening from them so yeah, I want to I want to interject to point out something to give Steven some some extra credibility here. This man performed his set with a full knee brace on. Yes. And uh, <laughs> no and doubt was not around. an easy thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it was nothing. <laughs> do you guys want to hear how that happened? Sure. 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 <laughs> so we were playing the diesel. I think it was like Cinco de Mayo or the day before. But we were playing diesel and then we we're playing Crowfoot the next day. And we get to like second to last song and I jumped off the drum riser. And my knee just like, if you look at my knee, it went straight inwards and, and back. Mm. <laughs> my sentence, we fin- we played one more song. And then I was like, I've, I've had three other knee surgeries. So I was like, I was oh, like, wow. some boys went there, torn ACL, uh, meniscus, two spots. So I got surgery in a week and a half. And uh, we'll, we'll be back after that. But no, it was amazing to get out there and play those shows on a broken Nothing would have stopped me from missing this. So no way. We'll reach out to Dave Grohl and see if we can get his throne. We got upheaval in like a month. I was freaking. I was like, that's the show I want to be jumping off of. Things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we need that throne because because you, you played the next day at the Crowfoot. And we just had a stool and some crutches on stage for you. <laughs> that I couldn't stand. I couldn't bear weight on that day because it was like bone on bone. So at oh. that point. So I could have moved better here, but physical therapy, that's the importance of physical therapy. Absolutely. Take it seriously. I've had that surgery, so best wishes to you and your recovery from it. Thanks. <laughs> it takes a minute, but you'll be all right. Well, I believe you guys were kind of hanging out after your set up the lookout stage, because I think when we ran out into you was right around the day seeker set. And so I just kind of wanted to ask you, as for one, I, it was really interesting to see your interactions like you guys just looked so natural you know for for being so new to the band and so new to the scene you guys were reacting you know with the crowd just like uh you know you've been doing this for 10 15 years so i wanted to commend you on that and the other thing too is that uh was there any other band that you were looking forward to seeing throughout that festival where they, and they got a chance to see it's interesting that you said that about the thing about us uh being you know familiar with uh interacting with the crowd and 
you know, that because we actually kind of have been doing this for like 10, 15 years. Like, I mean, I know exactly. I've, you know, been doing the bar band thing for 10 plus years and, you know, done original bands on the side as well. I know everybody else in the band pretty much has, you know, definitely more than what they're beak doing other projects. So yeah, we're definitely not new to the scene by any means. Okay. But, I got you. Um, yeah. As far as this band goes, definitely newer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were really excited to see Dayseeker and we actually got to talk to a couple of the guys afterwards, which is just honestly unreal. I mean, to be even in the presence of those guys, let alone share a stage with them, you know, Memphis Mayfire. I know we got to talk to a couple of the guys from them as well. I don't know. It was, it was honestly just so bizarre. I mean, we kind of had like this all access pass type deal. So, I mean, we kind of got to go wherever we want for the most part and kind of talk to whoever we wanted and, you know, see all the things that you don't really get to see as like, you know, a regular concert goer, you know, like, I mean, I was literally like 20 feet from Ollie Sykes when he went on stage, I watched him (laughs) sign his little girl's shirt. It was so cool. Honestly, like I, I will never forget that. And I just hope that I get the opportunity to do something that cool again, honestly. I was saying that was a great experience because like you dream of those moments too. But then like also the interactions with just talking, like you're saying to the fans, everyone side stage after the gig, that how many people were coming up to the gates and just wanted to talk for a minute, take a picture, ask where the next show's at. And like those people are all, all awesome. I just got some pictures back too. So I'll be able to post some pictures with uh, some of the people we got to talk to and interact with. So that was definitely one of the peaks for me. And not only just meeting the bands, but like just talking to everybody too. It was cool. Very cool. I completely agree with that. And to build on the uh, meeting the other bands and stuff and getting to have that kind of surreal moment where we were seeing bands we've never, uh, you know, only dreamt about playing with. My wife, a couple of years ago, she got me a cameo from nice. Maddie Mullins from Memphis. She knew I was a fan, you know, and he wished me a happy birthday. And he shouted out in our wake the year we created the band. And he was like, shoot me a link with a tweet when it's out so I can jam it. And hopefully we'll get to share the stage together one day. Nice. So like it happened and, you know, I went up to him and said hi. And I actually told him about the cameo and he remembered making it. And, uh, he, you know, came up to, he made a special point to come over after our set and tell me that we did a job. And he said that, um, this was the first time that, you know, anything like that's come full circle. So it was really cool experience for me personally, just being like a a longtime fan since like mid two thousands, you know? Yeah. Dude, I remember with Maddie Mullins. Back in like 2013, this is my this is probably my best story. So don't expect a lot after me. After, <laughs> but I won a dance competition in 2013 at Warp Tour, and I can't dance at all. <laughs> so the the judge of the dance was the I forget her name, but um, it was the lady that choreographed Napoleon Dynamite's dance scene. So I'm chilling side stage and everything uh, after winning this to. Whoever we wanted to see Maddie Mullins and Memphis Mayfire that year. And I had Justin Bieber hair because that was like, it was 2013. I saw Maddie and I was like, damn, that man is beautiful. I'm going to get his hair. And like ever since I've had, I've had like a closer to a high inside, a little different. I don't got the, the ginger hair, but you know, I've definitely modeled after Maddie for, for like a decade. <laughs> he, compliment, awesome. he complimented my hair. He's like, you got some nice, it's a fresh fade there. And I was like, you sir. <laughs> that is awesome 
you released your new single Hellbound and Heaven Sent just weeks before Upheaval. Was this the debut performance of the song? And do you feel like you got any particular vibes from the crowd's reaction to the song? Boys. Who <laughs> <laughs> wants to tell them? <laughs> We've tested a couple times, please. <laughs> but it went over the best for sure. We saved the best for last. It goes hard. <laughs> and everybody seems to get into the music during that song. So That's one word, Chris that the chorus and that a lot of people don't i wrote the chorus and i couldn't sing it because it's way too high chris killed it absolutely kills that chorus so props to him on that one but chris isn't here he's our uh, he's a guitarist by the way in the band yeah. for some yeah. context to listen but he also has a, <laughs> a newborn in the last year as a you know it, being independent you know we got to raise the funds to to um you know master all of our stuff you know we're not we're not special for, for having to be in that position, you know, it's like everyone is in that position at some point. Right. So, but, you know, mastering a song is like, you know, if we, we're not, we don't, we're not ones to, to jip on the quality of what we put out. Right. So yeah. like we're, we're looking at a grand easy. So it's, it's pretty usual for us to play songs at gigs that are upcoming. You know, I'd say yeah. that like at upheaval, I think it was 60% of our set was out and listenable on Spotify. So we had like three songs at Upheaval that are upcoming. One of them's upcoming very soon. Um, so keep keep your eye out for that one. I, I don't know, Alex, if we have a date for, for Generation yet, but I do know that one that is going to be pushed and we'll for sure let you guys know when it's out and streamable. Um, but yeah, Hellbound for sure, all the times we've played it has gotten a very good crowd reaction. We, we, we partnered with Montage Rock to release it and, you know, they've, Montage Rock's done a good job for us in the past. And, you know, this song, you know, in a month, it's up to 15K on their channel. So, you know, it's definitely, I would say, a decent performer for kind of what we would expect to see from from that level of, of partner on YouTube. And, yeah, Hell, Hellbound's one that, yeah, industry would classify as a bop, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, like, we like that one. There we you like go. that one. <laughs> There's not exactly a date, but... Uh, it will be within like the next month and a half. It'll be out and it should be. Uh, that's going to be my fa- my personal favorite of all the songs that we have coming. So I'm excited. That's my favorite also. The way it turned out. Oh. Yeah, I'm really happy with that too. It's probably our heaviest one so far that will be released. So, but it's it's so good. I love it. <laughs> Alex, we we opened with that at Upheaval. We opened with with Jen. So okay. anyone at Upheaval has heard it, but they'll get to hear it as much as they want soon enough. It must be good if a band is confident enough to open with a track that's not even released yet. Like <laughs> yeah. we're, we're gonna get you hype with something you can't have heard before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I think by our second song, I, maybe by the, even the end of that one, I know we had a mosh pit going and even a circle pit by like song three. So I was proud of that because that's just that was one checklist i needed i needed a circle pit for us no, so there it helped i think it was a great response too that's one thing i wanted to compliment the uprisers on too is that man there were so many pits and it was hotter than hell both days and yet they didn't shy away from you know running in a circle or, or killing each other in a pit <laughs> yeah no there was a healthy amount of violence and our drummer yes. broke his finger the second day in the suicide oh silence 
he's not here right now, so I can talk trash about him. But, um, <laughs> or, or I can spin it positive and go back into our comment earlier about how good the staff was at at the upheaval. Because honestly, like the oh. Ned guys, oh my gosh, shout out to them, absolutely taking care of this guy. But also shout out to our drummer. He broke his finger. Went to the med tent, got checked out, went off campus, went to a downtown Grand Rapids ER, got a splint, got his finger yanked back into place, and then came back for falling in reverse and watched falling in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Lucky he had that band pass because otherwise he wouldn't have been able to allow back in. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no re-entry. I don't care where you went. Yeah. Props to the band pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so talking about, you know, the new song and the new upcoming song, that kind of segues into something we wanted to ask about. And uh, I think this is a great time, especially as a as an independent band. So, you know, another topic we are very fascinated by is the evolution of how music is released. And that's, you know, it's changing over time. So the question I'm wondering about here is with these singles you're kind of releasing on a regular basis. You've already released. I think this is the fourth one this year. I believe third, third, third or fourth. Yeah. Yeah. About fourth, I think. So oh, yeah, right we didn't really save you. That's correct. Yeah. With those kind of uh, rolling out, you know, every couple months or so, do you see that leading to a full album release? Or do you think that the better plan of action is, is just to continue to release singles kind of in like a one-off situation as they're ready, as they're, you know, recorded and been prepared. I'm going to take that one. Um, originally the plan was to do an album because we had more than enough material as far as like what we wanted to record and uh, get done as you know, cause when you, when you record an album, you want the songs from uh, you know, on the album to sound like it's an album, you know, yeah. a lot of these songs, songs are older songs that we've turned into newer songs. And, you know, we mixed new riffs with a couple old riffs and that sort of thing, but you want them to stylistically sound like, you know, an album. So you pick and choose which songs are going to go on the album. We try to always pick, you know, the best of what we have to throw out, but then, you know, there's a huge time crunch in that. And, you know, huge finances, obviously recording an album is not cheap at all. So, uh, what's worked out for us uh, so far has been, you know, getting the singles that we can get done, done. And then while promoting like merch for that single and being able to push, you know, one single at a time for a couple months before the next one comes out, that sort of thing. But we do uh, either this year or next year, we're not sure which yet, but we're going to, put out a full length album at some point so it is coming but for right now we're just giving you one thing at a time we probably have most of it done by the end of this year but by the time it's ready and out i'd say probably next year for sure but we got we probably have we have like three or four that are that we're sitting on right now that are like ready to go you might even we were talking about doing an ep or something at least before but um, we want to keep everyone on their toes and not tell them too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're like I said, not we're very ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> we're very fascinated by that topic because we we've talked to fans that some people that were even almost of the opinion that like an album in its you know full proper form might not even be worth bothering with at this stage of how music is consumed and like using a checkbook, kind of. Yeah. 
kind of had time on purpose, but I know I've thought about the same thing. Like maybe like releasing an EP or four, six songs every six months or so. Maybe that's like a better way. Just so you're more consistent, more often on people's minds. Everyone's got TikTok brain now. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. you, you want to figure out what like the I mean, in, and especially in the case of an independent band, literally the, like the most bang for your buck. Like if I record all of these, how can I, you know, get the most out of them? Um, mm-hmm. You know, in that, that yeah, stretch it. And so that's the yeah. hardest part when you're doing singles and you release a bunch of them in a short period of time, you are limiting yourself on how long you have to promote that single. Like if one song's still on the way on like an uptrend mm-hmm. and drop something else, it takes away from the single that you released prior. And then, you know, the singles that if you put not enough out, then, you know, after the trend dies off and it's not on the rise anymore, then you're like rushing to get the next thing out so that you can stay relevant. And it's, it's kind of a hard game to play. Yeah. The, the crazy thing is fitting within the algorithm of the social media platform that is most beneficial for you. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy thing. Like um, before I joined the band, I had a, a YouTube channel that I would do covers on periodically. And I would find that, you know, once I had one that popped off, I would find that a week was a really good interval. I would always post at 5 p.m. every Friday, and the YouTube analytics would show the the rise. But if I put a cover that just was so even minusculely off the algorithm, then it would not hurt just that video. It would hurt the prior videos, too, because your recommendations are looped in as a channel. But, you know, the challenging thing for bands is YouTube isn't the the go-to. Right. Spotify is a huge thing. And yeah. even though the well, the the funds we can get from Spotify are not comparable to what you can get in ad revenue in YouTube, the visibility is higher. And Spotify, it does make sense to have something like an EP. And it is certainly impossible from a cost perspective to shell out a grand to make a new song every week. And that's not even getting into the logistical problems of creatively making a new song every week right because with youtube consistency <laughs> consistency is a thing so you have to play to the algorithm that's best suiting you and you know i think at this point the what we found is the singles that we're releasing it's a good mix between getting a bang for our buck in terms of having a merch life cycle for each song having new songs introduced at new shows having a strategy that works decent on both platforms rather than taking advantage of one or the other. But I think the EP approach, you know, if we can lump our songs together categorically in Spotify would be huge for our visibility. So, you know, it's definitely something we're working towards less of a monetary driver and more of a visibility driver, but it's algorithms are tricky, man. They're, hmm. they're super tricky. I'm sure you guys are, I mean, you've, you've <laughs> yeah. been in it. You've yeah, been yeah, in yeah. it. So you live on social media. We're, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. yeah, We're trying to figure out any of that stuff. It is, it's an incredibly challenging uh, uphill climb. Yeah, it is. And when you've got it, when you, you've got its blessing, you have to do everything right or else you lose the blessing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. the thing. Yeah. And I don't think there's any right or wrong way to do it nowadays. It's, it's all just trying to figure out the game, so to speak. But, you know, one of the things that I admire about our friends in Nonpoint, when they went independent, they kind of switched to the same mindset. Now they're starting to release a song per tour. So like every time they have like a planned tour, they release a song beforehand and then they play that song on that tour um, and they get to promote it throughout, obviously throughout the tour. So it's, it, it, there's, like I said, it's, there's, it's really weird nowadays. Like there's no right or wrong way, but yeah, it's just like you said, it's all trying to get exposure. (laughs) All right. 
someone figure out how we want to do this like mid interview there's another this is actually the second time the black note graffiti was the same way we had somebody <laughs> join us mid interview <laughs> i met sheldon from black note graffiti and he was really cool and awesome we hung out a little bit um at upheaval he's a really nice guy so i'm looking forward to seeing one of their shows i think they're playing with the virtue and shallow truths this fall yeah that's a sweet one we're fans of you Michigan bands. We've been we've been pals yeah. with uh Eva Under Fire for a while and we just met Black Nut Graffiti and they were they were super sweet. Uh of Virtue is on our our hit list of of interviews because their set was fantastic. Bro, they're yeah. I've been friends personally with Tyler, Damon, Derek, all of the Mike, all of them. They're all really good dudes. So, yeah, if you get a chance to talk to them, they they have some good stories for you. I think, nice. I think we shall. I can tell you about the time I got knocked out in North Carolina and I ended up in their gear trailer and I had no idea how I got there, but <laughs> they took care of me. <laughs> it was <laughs> nothing in a virgin voice. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we just took a, a quick break here real quick. And, and in that time, we are joined by band member number five. And that is uh, that is Stevie who is the drummer for In Our Wake, which now gives them the official record for most band members who have been in an interview with us at the same time. So, sorry, oxymorons. There's only four of you guys. (laughs) You've been outnumbered. (laughs) And we're still a member short, to be honest. So they could keep the record and hold it for a while. Yeah, and I do but, want to note that Cody has his guitar. I don't know what he's got planned over there, but uh... nothing, absolutely nothing. Play just... <laughs> a little story so far during the break. It's yeah. like a really fucked up tuning, just so I can play the one song. It's <laughs> what is it? I was like, I don't know what he's thinking about doing, but I'm here for it. So. <laughs> If it's clairvoyant, yeah, I know what tuning you're talking about, and it's ridiculous. No, um, what's the other one? Uh, Navy blue. Navy blue. Yeah, great. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, get a little bit of nice ambient background noise here. <laughs> All right, so uh, kind of continuing uh, on this. I'm glad we have. Really annoying if you let me keep that in my hands. Oh, you can, you can do it. <laughs> but, uh, I think, like I said, it's gonna be bad. They know. <laughs> We're going to start never... singing like Matchbox 20 or something in about 20 minutes. <laughs> going, so. I said maybe. <laughs> no. if you, yeah. If you were like, at some point in this, if you're like, anyway, here's Wonderwall, that would be <laughs> the best bit. Oh, I would... man. My acoustic's in the wrong tuning. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I would totally use that. I've that song for years, too, which is the worst part. I know every word, every chord. Like <laughs> Steven's got well, it. There was. What was that one time I was uh, I was at Alex's place. We were making the backing track for Upheaval. So, you know, just to give you an idea of when we try to be a professional band, we made a backing track. We had a 25-minute set. Our backing track was 25 minutes in one second. So we literally, like, redid intros to all the songs to get everything to fit, right? And so as a synth player, I'm, like, doing most of the lead-ins, most intros. So I'm in Alex's, like, back room. I got a head- headset on. And I stop recording the intro. I'm like, yeah, that's good. And then I just hear, um, uh, la, 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 from the living room. I'm like, what is going on? And I walk out and everyone is just belting that song with an acoustic <laughs> guitar in the living room waiting for me to finish up. Are you talking about <laughs> this one? Hold on. Hold on. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I need a pick. 
Oh, thank God for Zoom for filtering that out. Let's go. <laughs> Sound yeah, is, not, not, is not coming through. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't not. come through. Damn, that's Zoom is nerfing you. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's definitely getting blurred out. Sorry, that's all right. We're, we're, we probably won't know who's in the video. We're too chaotic. Yeah, <laughs> I swear this, to you. This is why we enjoy like whole band conversations because they end up turning into just chaos. But I think that there's something fun about seeing the chemistry of that happening. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we just, I mean, we I'm just deal with it. to see your skills in uh, editing. So we just thought we'd set a really high bar. And... <laughs> it helps that it's aud- we use audio only for right now. One day the video may see the light of day, but probably we'll just stick to the audio portion. So that helps a lot. <laughs> Nonetheless, so I'm glad we got we got five of you guys, because the next thing we kind of wanted to get into, and I'm sure this is a story that you've you've told plenty of times before. But so we talked about how you guys kind of hit the ground running in 2023. But before this slew of releases, the band was actually largely dormant for a couple of years. And we find that fascinating. So we talked a little bit before we officially started. We started this podcast during the COVID lockdown. And one of the topics we focused heavily on in the first year of the podcast was how devastating the pandemic was to the music industry. Um, mm-hmm. And in the in the case of In Our Wake, uh, COVID functionally ended the original incarnation of this band and you guys were mm-hmm. yeah you guys were only kind of reborn later on with this with fully like revamped lineup um so we would love to hear kind yes. of your take on on what made you choose to continue um and how this version of the of the team came to be leave that to alex and stevie the original members then i say exactly you guys are the holdovers yeah alex and i we started in our way it was in 2019 it was the end of 2019 we were putting out music for about right up until COVID. We played one show as in our wake. <laughs> and and then um that's at, and then right like the month after that show is in February, uh, March, that's when COVID really hit us hard. And um, you know, all the band members uh you know, they didn't want to continue after that. Uh but Alex and I were really gung ho about it. We were like, We we really wanna like, you know, keep doing music and keep doing what we're doing, you know. We hadn't even reached the height of what our songs were doing online yet. We got really good response from our first couple songs and we played that show. So like things were like on the up as soon as COVID happened, you know, and like everything was on lockdown. We were all off work. There's no live music whatsoever. And bands started doing like all these live streams and stuff. And during that time, we didn't really have a band because like the other members didn't know what we, it was unclear what was going to happen in the music industry and whether or not it was going to be worth putting the time in anyways. So Mm -hmm. people decided they didn't want to be in it and go their separate ways and do their own things. And me and Stevie basically wanted to rebuild it and continue on with what we were doing. Um, So basically it led to the conversation of, well, do we stick with what we were doing because of good response or, you know, what do we want to do from that point forward? And I think finding members was super hard in the, during that time, especially because get togethers was like not a thing. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was the hardest part, like trying to find people that were willing to like, try out during that time and not do it virtually because it was really hard to feel for somebody 
and figure out what they they can do based on you know just zoom calls and stuff you know really didn't wasn't ideal for this for the project and uh i met steven because he was my neighbor so he saw me carrying a guitar and he's like dude you play guitar like yeah he's like we should jam sometime he came over at like 10 o'clock that night and at like three in the morning i decided he was gonna be in the band and on (laughs) he recorded a music video with us for a different project but like so i was playing guitar then i was playing guitar and he heard me playing guitar and he's like listen we need a bass player and we're shooting a video in two days and you know i was like well i don't even play bass so i went and i bought a bass guitar the next day on saturday and i show up to the video shoot location on sunday and i met chris and stevie and they're like who is this guy alex is like just trust me um <laughs> he's gonna be in the video he's gonna be in the band and we actually i know you i think you guys interviewed heartsick uh, we did, Alfon- yes. alfonso we actually ran into alfonso there he's a really good dude mm-hmm. um he used to let me practice in his garage uh, when i was trying to find music band members to pre- play with and everything he's just really supportive uh person of the scene so shout out to alfonso but um dude it was crazy we ran into him at that video shoot and i actually tore my acl at that video shoot oh wow yeah (laughs) Yeah. it was in the first scene or in the first like first or second shoot and i jumped and twisted and i tore it and then we finished doing the video shoot like another five hour shoot and we went and shot videos on the top of this abandoned factory we were climbing up ladders and stuff Oh, it was a great time. Very memorable time. That was my first time. Doing oh, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I remember we, we had that, that photo shoot right after that. And I was like, that's not a good idea. We're all really <laughs> tired. But we were like, man, we need photos with Steven. He's the new member or whatever. You know, so we were like, all right, let's do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and Steven, you keep going that way. You're going to be the bionic man before long. I already am. I already have body. This will be uh-huh. three, five. Wow. The other thing I want to mention, you know, you say you mentioned Alfonso and I, I realized that so I, I, out of all the bands that we've talked to in the Michigan scene, like Alfonso seems to be like the godfather of the music scene up there. Like everybody, <laughs> everybody knows him. It's he's funny like, to say that because oh. like, yeah, I mean, it's true. He's the, he's like the daddy. I mean, he worked yeah, in Don Corleone before COVID killed that. It was the loft in Lansing, and that was—I think he was a promoter there, and he was all, yeah, just he was. I've—I remember seeing him live for the first time, hanging upside down off the rafters, screaming, like, <laughs> "Dude's wild!" And yeah, so I love them all. Of the guys and Wyatt. Um, so and I'm just kind of curious, and you kind of mentioned, you know, trying to get exposure earlier. You know, and so when so many artists are out there fighting for airplay, for downloads, and for attention, what do you guys think sets in our wake apart? Um, so in my opinion, and this is totally biased, obviously, because I'm a huge part of like the writing, but I feel like there's not so in our wake's original lineup brought a very old school sort of thrashy. A lot of the comments and people talking online were saying, Oh, this is very 2010. This mm. is very thousand you know eight whatever and it's true you know a lot of that stuff i'm super influenced by that that those years of metalcore and like Mm -hmm. um that's part of the reason we chose to change 
and go this heavier direction with Steven being the lead vocalist instead of me, because it felt like as far as instrumentally, nobody's doing what we are doing right now. So that makes us stand out. We still have guitar solos and songs, and we still have a lot of the dual guitar harmonies and a lot of the vocal harmonies and stuff like that. But Steven is a much more modern sounding vocalist between screams and singing. And uh, we felt like with making Steven the front man, it makes us, instead of, there's a lot of competition in like the mainstream rock uh, genre and, you know, the a little hard rock genre. But I feel like going this route, this made us bigger fish in a smaller pond, sort of say. I've always kind of felt like, you know, we bring a little bit of a lot of different parts of, you know, music genres to the table, to be honest. Um, I mean, we all come from different backgrounds, honestly. I mean, I know Stevie grew up playing and listening to a lot of like punk rock type stuff. You know, I mean, I did too. Um, I did the cover band thing for years. I mean, playing classic rock, um, you know, more modern type stuff. I mean, I've been in a couple punk rock type bands as well. You know, we've all kind of, you know, spent our time in different backgrounds and, I think we definitely bring that to the table a little bit and offer a little bit of, I mean, I feel like there's like a little bit of something for everyone, if you will, you know, like we have a little screaming, we have a little singing, we have the chugging, we have the solos, you know, like there's little bass solos too. I mean, a couple parts and stuff like that. I mean, we got an excellent fucking keyboard player. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) what's there not to like, you know, I mean, I find that every show we go to, we've even played some weird shows, honestly, like shows we did not feel like we belonged at, like, Mm. and for some reason the crowd still liked us. I mean, we were talking people (laughs) who were like, you know, my favorite genre is like country or whatever, but you guys still really sound good or we really (laughs) liked you or whatever. And we're just like, all right, cool. You know? Yeah. Awesome. I think that's definitely been uh, an experience that I've had. So. (laughs) Nice. I got to ask, since since Alex brought it up, you're um, you're talking about, you know, that sound of that like 08, 09, 2010 or so, like metalcore influence. Um, it brings to mind a band that's that I would say they're like commercial heyday was around. There's called Atreyu. Uh, so I got to ask, is oh, that where this band name came from? They had an album of the same title. No, actually, it did not come. That was a coincidence. We had, yeah, we had the name first. <laughs> I was looking at it. I was like, I was like, well, that their album came out in 2018. If you guys formed in 2019, it's totally possible that that's just what you were listening to at the time. And somebody was like, you know, it's a great out- band name. Like, <laughs> just had to ask out of curiosity. Me and Steve. Yeah, no, no, they, they copied us. <laughs> Fair enough. They got the year out first. I think they got the copyright date on that. There, <laughs> I'm sure. I think I'm you'll sure. be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you guys are going to fare well against the Treyu's uh, marketing team or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Oh, absolutely, that'd be sweet. I would love to be sued by a tree. <laughs> Put that on my resume. Got sued by a Treyu. <laughs> the badge of honor. Yeah. Right now, eating a bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we, we're. Uh, I want to get one more thing in here before um, we get to our our last couple of questions that we ask everybody in this the people series. Um, so you guys don't currently, as far as I can tell, have any any tour dates or anything announced on your website. 
can we expect to see you guys out and about anywhere this fall or is the plan to stay kind of local and spend most of your time recording? Uh, we'll definitely be playing out as soon as possible. Um, Steven's obviously got to go through surgery and get recovery. That is true. And, um, and as but soon as he feels comfortable. Um, that's only like a month and a half. Cause I think, are we allowed to say we're allowed to, I haven't got a tour flyer yet, but are we allowed to announce that September one? Uh, we're playing one in September. Yeah, we may, uh, may or may, or may not be playing a pretty good one in September. <laughs> okay, we'll so, leave that one up to the audience. The I will yeah. be there sure as well as soon as we can, you know, get all six people on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely we'll is sometimes sure a little difficult to, uh, you know, book and keep a six-person machine moving. So I can imagine. We're some local shows this fall and winter, and then we hopefully fingers crossed everything works out we'll, we'll be touring or doing something next year awesome. and we'll have new music with that too to be banging out and moshing too have a good time <laughs> and i'm so excited next year's that reconstructed be- leg to the to the test again yeah, yeah and the, but the uh, more va physical therapy at the va wasn't so hot during the first acl this I'm, I got a new physical therapist, and he's killing it. I'm telling you, it's amazing. <laughs> new physical therapy. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we're going to bring up uh, – let's see. We got – I think – are you guys okay with just doing two questions, Dan, Casey, instead of three yeah. out of this? Sure, wanna, that's fine. With this yeah. many guys in the band, I want to make sure everybody has a chance, and so the fewer questions, the better. Yeah. Yeah. We got a couple questions we're asking at the end of, of, of every interview in this series, and we're calling them burning questions. Um, the first one is something we're always curious about with any artist is what is a song or an album that changed your life? Me first. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Who, we, have who, uh, hand, we have to raise hands. I that's think hard. Like, <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a big question. Oh. <laughs> that's why we just say a song or album. So we leave it very wide open. You don't have to be like, Oh man, I have to pick one favorite, the ultimate one, you know, <laughs> yeah. for me, the poison from bullet by valentine i love that uh style of guitar um that time period with like avenge sevenfold those were like the two bands that sort of shaped my style of writing i uh i'll i'll choose the embarrassing answer um i am very much a fan of the crab core era of asking alexandria very much unashamedly i was that guy in high school with the straightened hair and all seen all the way um <laughs> but i i think like it's it's really like it, it seems kind of jarring when you listen to it now but it has set a good precedence for what synth can bring to metal and metal core and you hear the evolution of that in some of bring me the horizons very new stuff um, especially their their piece they did with corpse and things, so I think it lives on in a way, and it's uh, definitely one of my inspirations for kind of fitting that instrument into a heavy style of music. So I'd go with them. I uh, agree. I like it. It's funny that you go back that far because I was just about to go back pretty far too. Uh, Let's go. Middle school <laughs> with uh, when Slipknot's Volume Three came out. Um. I mean, at the time, like, I mean, I was into some heavier music, but like, that was like, I was like, there was this girl that I liked and she was kind of goth or something. I was like, oh, I'm going to impress her by liking really heavy music, like, (laughs) you know, and I ended up really falling in love with it. And I mean, it definitely changed me and my taste for music, I'm sure for forever. So (laughs) 
Well, thank you to All that right. girl for being for being kind of goth. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, inspired yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> I was like, she's got to like long. heavy music like this, right? Of course. Surely. That's definitely what she likes. <laughs> Changes whole world. You're up. Yeah, dude, for me, my favorite album, front to back, I could I I never skip a song. Uh that influenced me heavily is uh homesick by date or remember i feel like that one is just like it just left such a big influence on me as far as like a musician and like how i write and how i play alex shelna is like one of my favorite drummers of all time and yeah i i never i never skip a song on that like i'll play nice. it front to back you know <laughs> so yeah that's that's the one that definitely hits home for me <laughs> Very cool. So mine, I'm just going to have to say favorite artist because I, I like pretty much, I just love everything by them in general. Okay. Uh, there's two artists. Like, so I'm going to say City and Color, Dallas Green, City and Color. Uh, he's also plays Alexis on Fire. I'm going to see them tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he, uh, he's definitely, after hearing him, I had... I picked up acoustic when I was in high school and I learned like literally 20 of his songs. And then, and then like, I'm like getting into heavy music. I hear while she sleeps. So, so I had to get a t tattoo while she sleeps, learned 20 of their songs. So, you know, they, there's those artists like that where you just got to learn everything that they write. And yeah, it's inspiring. So I love those ones. Awesome. Well, there's the tour right there. We were talking, we were talking when we were prepping for this about, uh, the whole thing of there being two bands back to back at upheaval with wake in the title and there also being a significant number of bands that talk about being asleep and so okay, we just figured out your tour partners we got the sleep band and the wake band we're all about yeah. the puns and the names Dude, you know that you know that meme where there's spider-man pointing at it yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. that was you and until i wake yeah we we're we we're at a ghost inside set or uh yeah ghost inside and we we're all we met each other and we were all headbanging to each other but we we're all just like for a second we're like wait a second <laughs> <laughs> finally that's awesome it's a funny story we actually got a message from a photographer looking for that band <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. you guys got the wrong band really yeah they're like any pictures of us will take them but yeah i talked to a guy for 20 minutes and he's like i love he's like bro i love your band i've been listening forever and then he's like wait did you get a haircut and i'm like no and he's like wait a second and I'm like, bro, you talk about until I wake. Oh my god! <laughs> I was watching some interviews with a uh, with somebody that that did some some on site uh, interviews at the festival, and he was talking about how he accidentally texted. He got Eve under fire and Fame on fires. People mixed up and texted the wrong fire band. So <laughs> it, it happens. It just it happens. Yeah. Lots of confusion yeah, it's, at it's that. It's inevitable. Festival. Yeah. But this is cool to share the day with them and everything. For sure. The last question that we've got for you is kind of a layup, but we still love asking it. So what you love about performing live? For me, it's the fan response. Getting people involved and, in, in, you know, like singing something together or like just crowd participation in general. It's, it's like the best feeling in the world. There's nothing like being on stage. I say hundred percent agree with that. Honestly, like, yeah, it's the it's the crowd interaction. It's the the feeling of being on stage. And honestly, that's like my favorite part of being in a band. Hundred percent. Like, I mean, I love recording and writing and stuff like that. But there's just nothing like playing a live show and you just leave it all out on the stage and like 
I've told a lot of people, like, honestly, like sometimes when we get off stage, like I'm just like, I've put out so much energy. I literally feel like I'm about to throw up sometimes, <laughs> but like, I don't care. I love it. It's great. I'm like, <laughs> you know, kind of what I live for a little bit. <laughs> there you go. So, no, music medicine to me. So I would say, you know, like getting out there, jamming out as hard as you can. And it's just like in a big adrenaline rush. So I, I just get like a natural high from doing it. And you can't think about or worry about being anywhere else or about anything else. So that's it's just my favorite thing to do, play live music with my friends. It's awesome. For me, I definitely like, I do love the crowd interaction. That's so awesome. Like seeing everyone, you know, vibing to like, you know, the, the stuff that we made, the stuff that we made is like our baby, you know, and like watching everyone like jam out to it. It's really awesome. And I really like when we're performing, like each show is different. You know what I mean? Like, even though it's the same songs, each show is different. And, but it, it all around, it just gives you like the same feeling, you know, and it's, it's just, it's just a good time all around. Do I have to go after all the, the good answers were taken? Is that, is that, is that... <laughs> after all the good answers? Oh, yeah, I gotta get creative or something. Yeah, you gotta fill in the blanks. Whatever we missed, you know. Yeah, you're not allowed oh, to repeat. Oh, I just, that's why I like go second. Being a fortune, I like the, the spotlight. Um, you just say yeah, ditto. No, just all the diva, all the diva energy. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, like legitimately though, it's like I, I, I can't, I, I can't be. I can't say something new because the reality is it is definitely for the fans. Like, it's just so cool to see people interacting with stuff that you create mm. independently, you know, that is, it lives in your mind and then you get together and with five other amazing musicians and you figure out a way to make it sound epic and then you play it in its, in its best possible manner. And it's, uh, you know, it's experienced like nothing else, right? It definitely is. But, uh, it wouldn't be anything without the fans. So that's why people again was like super special to us because that crowd showed up to play, man. They were great. You know, we played a lot of show. We've played shows from five people in the crowd to, you know, a people. What was it like 500? I don't know. I'm just making a nice round number, <laughs> but it was, it, you know, we've played all manner and all different sizes and it's, it's fun to play music regardless of how big the crowd is. But, you know, having people connect with your music is what's important. If it's one person, if it's a hundred, like that's what's cool about it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, he did. He did stick the landing on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Another thing too for me is like because like I'm at, I'm at the drums. I'm usually in the back or whatever. I I love like watching you know all my best friends like having such a good time on stage too. Like I I just love like seeing everyone smiling and you know having a good time and like you know special part about where i sit you know at the throne uh i get to see all the you know the crazy stuff that happens like steven jumping off a drum riser and breaking his leg or whatever <laughs> like that you know like that for me like i i love that kind of stuff too you know and that and that goes back to like every show is different you never know what's gonna happen next you know so <laughs> yeah shout out shout out to if anyone wants to see steven breaking his knee go to our tiktok it's there yeah we did make a video immediately about that like within 24 hours he was still in the hospital bed i'm like yeah steven i'm gonna monetize your pain are you good at that so <laughs> like <laughs> that like the worst it was right when i landed but i was in time so 
I get the I give Alex the uh shit <laughs> going and I keep singing <laughs> and I was like, Fuck it. <laughs> yeah playing live it's such a weird thing because you're not just like playing you know when you practice by yourself or you play in a room with people that and you're playing the songs that you've played a thousand times you don't have to think about what you're doing but like live there's such you learn you learn how to trust this the people that you've been jamming with you know you somebody's in ears goes out and you're not with everyone else or you can't hear something on stage or you can't hear yourself and your sound goes out you're like looking at the other person for like approval or like <laughs> am i doing the right thing or am i on time you know, i'm looking for a head nod or a cue point or like you know what i mean if stevie well, we're always for that stuff and we're always like sinking on it too right. <laughs> it, it builds like i would say that's the best form of all time of like team bonding because your performance is on the line for it, you know like whether or not you sound good to this crowd is based on like how well you pull off this mess up you know what i mean <laughs> or for lack of better words you know it's like you can as one element of the song could ruin the whole thing for everyone. So it's just like when you try to keep it together and people don't notice you made a mistake or they don't notice that your guitar went out for a second. It's like, that's how you know you pulled it off, you know? It's yeah. Like things. <laughs> it also helps having six members. You can just hide behind somebody too. You know? <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, there's always somebody else to focus on. I'm just playing. Make it so you make it, right? That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I personally just go through my whole life looking for uh, looking for a validation, you know. That's why we're so good at it on stage. That's why we do the podcast, right? Yeah, that's that's, that's why we do the show. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, now we're getting meta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right. So I feel like that's a good a good place to wrap up, and then and maybe we'll have to continue with some of those topics another time, but. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us. We've got a couple minutes left before this recording cuts off. And so I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Dan, do you want to talk us out here and then we'll say bye to these guys? Yeah. So thank you very much for, for joining us. We definitely appreciate your time. And uh, thank you very much for listening to the itch podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. Until next time we are all uprisers. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. That'll work. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got three minutes left. So thank you guys very much. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for having us. It meant a lot to us that you guys were even interested in can do us have yeah for real we appreciate that you did the first half of that with the baby that's that again that is, <laughs> yeah. a, that is a first and and only so far so <laughs> <laughs> that's the most metal thing somebody's done in the, in our interview i believe <laughs> <laughs> did you see the power burp rag that was the burp rag <laughs> <laughs>